0: this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Last week I started uh, uh, just a two-part message on God's goodness And our uh, main scripture is in uh, Psalms chapter 31, verse 19, which says, Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. So last week we talked about God's great goodness, God's great goodness. And I uh, just took the word great, God's goodness is great, and gave you five things. Number one, that God's goodness is grand, it's impressive, it's like, wow, that's amazing. God's greatness is are. it's rewarding. That God's not a cheapskate, he's not like, give to me and then uh, maybe I'll give a little something back to you. No, he's like, I want to pour out blessings on you, I want to take care of you. Uh, God's goodness is great. It's E, it's exceeding, right? The scripture tells us it's exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or even think or imagine. We can't even comprehend it. It exceeds our expectations. A, it's available. God's goodness is available. It's not like, hey, come know me for a while and then after a while I'll maybe think about giving you something. No, it's readily available. It's like here it is. It's ready for you. And finally, T, transferable. And we, we talked momentarily about think or, uh, uh, flow through, that uh, transferable, that God's goodness is a flow through, which is what we're going to camp on today and, and talk about today. So the message uh, title today is Be the Goodness. Be the goodness. Be the goodness, okay? It's probably not very good English, but that's okay. Maybe it is, I don't know. Be the goodness, right? Uh, as uh, when I was a kid uh, I'll probably date myself. I'm much younger than you think I am, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, there, there was this place called uh, it was called uh, Blockbuster, and you would go there this was back in the day, way before streaming, okay? way before Redbox, uh, this place called Blockbuster, you would go and you would pick out your VCR movie if you don 't know what that is we 'll just move on vCR but you would go and pick it out, and all you would do is actually you would you would grab it from behind it the, the display, and then you would go up and check it out. Well, they had this little thing on the VCR tape It said, "Be kind, please rewind. be kind, please rewind uh, so it always makes me. Think of, hey, kind of that push it forward, give it ahead. You know, sometimes it's said, uh, you know, pass it on. If somebody gives something to you, pass it on. Do, do good to somebody else, but be the goodness. And as we talk about be the goodness today, I want you to think of the, uh, the material called conduit. Anybody know what conduit is? Okay, conduit, it's, it's uh, metal. I guess you could use PVC, whatever you got. And basically, it just helps you get from one place to another to run some kind of cable through, whether it's electrical or audio or different things. But the whole purpose of the conduit is to run it a certain way to keep it together and so that it doesn't go everywhere. You keep it together. And so... Today, as we talk about being the goodness, we want to be that conduit that's not just necessarily what I need, what I want, what I should have, but it's about receiving it and then being a conduit, a pass-through, a flow-through, that God's goodness will come to you, but it's not to stay with you. It's for you to pass on to other people. And so, uh, again, Psalm 31, verse 19, "'Oh, how great is your goodness.'" which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you, in the presence of the sons of men. Okay? So it's not that he just has it ready and he wants to pour out his goodness to you, that it's set aside, that it's prepared like it's ready to go. Uh, uh, He wants to give it to you. But it's also so that it can be on display in the presence of men, in the presence of people. What does that mean? Well, it means that It's not just for you, but it's for you to be that diffuser of God's goodness to other people, right? You have something, now give it away. You have something, now share it with other people. And so uh, Genesis chapter 12 verse 2 says this, and this is God speaking to Abram, and, and it says, I will make you a great nation, I will bless you. And make your name great. I will bless you and I'll make your name great. Okay, so that comes first. And then it tags on, and you shall be a blessing. So it's not just for you to be blessed. It's not for you to have a great name only. It's so that you can take it and then pass it on. Be a blessing to somebody else. Somebody around you, a, a co-worker, a neighbor, uh, maybe family members, maybe a complete stranger that you passed on the street. And so as we talk about be the goodness today, I just have two points that we're going to go over. Be the goodness, and point number one is this. You cannot give what you have not received. You cannot give what you have not received. Cannot give what you have not received. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 18, and it says this. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Notice first, he reconciled us to him, and then what did he do? Now you go do it. Now you go reconcile people, but I don't like to do that. Well, go do it anyways. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation, okay? So now we have ministry. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. What's an ambassador? It's just a representative, right? And when you represent somebody, do you represent yourself No, you represent the person that sent you. Now, you're still you, and you still go and do what you do, but you're representing somebody else. And so it tells us here, Paul says that you have become ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us, okay? So when you go, well, God's not here. Well, he is because he's working through you. And again, if we don't receive what he wants to do for us, if we've not been reconciled to God, if we've not said, okay, I receive your love, I receive what you have for me, you will not be able to pass it on. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. It's like God is in us, speaking through us. We employ you on Christ's behalf. What is this? Ministry. Be reconciled to God. What are you doing? You're talking to other people. Hey, do you know who God is? Do you know about his goodness? Do you know who, who he came for? Well, he came for you. He came to save you and to redeem you. And I love this. And the whole reason he did it is, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Father God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so it starts with understanding that God has reconciled us to him, but we have to receive it before we can pass it on. In Psalm 81, uh, verse 10 and 11, it says this, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and we referenced this last time, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. God's goodness is ready for you. It's like, open your mouth, let me fill it, I've got you. That's what God wants to say. Open your mouth, open your heart, I've got you. I'll fill you. I'll take care of you. I have what you need. But it goes on to say this in verse 11 to his people. But my people would not heed my voice, and Israel would have none of me. So here God's goodness is available. It's ready. It's been stored up. And he's like, I have it for you right here. And the people are like, no, that's okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But What happened? They didn't receive what God had for them. Romans 15 verse 13 says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow. Well, what's overflow for? Extra, it's for other people. It's not for you to just keep, but it's for you to not just have a little extra, but it's for you to overflow, like just overflow, overflow. Oh my goodness, have you ever seen those people that you're like, when am I going to see the real person, you know, because it just seems like they're just always going and they're always good and they're always, well, they have overflow. They have overflow. And God wants to do that in you. He wants to do that in me. He wants to have overflow. Why? Because he wants to affect other people. With hope, by the power of the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit working in us and through us. In uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 and 16, it says this, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, those people that had gathered around him to listen, to hear his teaching. And it says this, Jesus is speaking, he says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. So who's the light? That's us. I wish God you would send somebody else, Right? Uh, There's this guy in the Old Testament that we famously know. He's like, no, I don't want to go. Go to Nineveh and speak the good news. And he's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good, God. I'm good. You are the light of the world, though. What? Who? We? Us. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. They do not light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. Why? People can see. It helps provide light. I don't know if you've ever been camping before. If you do, uh, it used to be that you had gas or oil that you would put in your lamp, and you'd have to fill it, and you'd pump it, pump it, pump it. You'd light it, and finally you'd get on. But you didn't set it down on the ground. What did you use? Like a table of some kind? You'd put it up on a, on a stump or something. But what are do you doing? you're trying to get the light up because as the light goes up, it illuminates. And you can see the same thing is true of us. It's, it's on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house, people around you. And then Jesus says this, let your light so shine before men, before people, that they may see your good works. Whose good works? God's good works? Well, how can we pass on good works if we've not yet received those good works, right? And so we have to receive from God in order that, as verse 16 says, that they may see your good works, and what does it do? It points people back to him. Not to you, not how good you look or what you got, and hey, you're really slick, and man, he's sharp. Man, she's got it all together. No, 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 no. The whole point is to point people back to him, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So it starts with this. It starts with us being available, being open, and with a heart that says, I receive what you have for me, God, right? Because before I give away, I have to receive. What does that mean? And it also means it's ongoing. It's not just I got it one time and I'm good to go, right? Right? No, you have to continually be receiving from God so that you can be a conduit and pass on to other people what you have. Well, well, why? Well, if you don't receive on a regular basis from him, you'll become dry, right? You have plants and a planter. If you filled it with a little bit of water one time and left it and you said, well, I sure hope it does okay, what's gonna happen? Most of the time, it dies, why? Because it needs some water. It needs some nourishment. The same is true from, uh, for us. We have to continually be with the Lord. We have to pray. We have to read his word. We've got to spend time with him. And as we receive from him, then we're able to give away. So I have a question for you today. And the question is this. Will you receive what he has for you? Will you receive what he has for you? Will you receive it? Because sometimes we're good at saying, thank you, God, for providing for them. Thank you, Lord, for helping them out. And they really needed something. And thank you, God. But how about for you? Will you receive what he has for you? And I don't know what it is. But he has something that he wants to give to you. But you have to have a heart that says, okay, God, I'll take it. I receive it, right? A gift that is given, uh, you, can't, uh, you can't take it, right? As little kids, do you ever watch the little kids, and I'm talking maybe two, three, four years old, they're playing together, what happens? Somebody comes up and they grab a toy that another kid is playing with, and what do they do? They go, mine what are they doing? They're establishing their dominance like, this is my toy, I'm playing with it, you can't have it, right? No, we have to receive from God. We have to have an open heart that says, okay, I receive, God, what you have for me. I'll take it, I will receive it. Remember in, in Mark chapter 8, it's where Jesus is speaking and he says, uh, When he had called the people to himself when his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Well, what happens? If you're holding on to you, just for you, you're going to lose it, right? We read that even a little bit earlier in... uh, in our giving time, if you'll be generous, if you'll have a heart that's open to give and to love people and care for them, you'll be refreshed, you'll be taken care of. The Lord will provide for you, but the same is true for us. We have to receive it, but then we can't hold on to it. We gotta give it away. We gotta be that conduit, that flow through. So it leads us to our second point for today. And that is you cannot pass on what you are not willing to let go of. You cannot pass on what you are not willing to let go of. Well, yeah, right? I can't give them if I'm, yeah, that's the point. (laughs) Right? The attitude that says, well, no, I need it. I want it. I got to have it. No, we cannot pass on, right? We can't have somebody rip it out of our hands and say, okay, I'll take it from you. And you go, Well, that doesn't work that way. You cannot pass on what you are not willing to let go of. We're going to spend a little bit of time here in the the book of Luke, chapter 12. Luke, chapter 12. And uh, we're going to read a, a portion of Scripture, verse 16 through 34, in two parts, okay? So turn to Luke, chapter 12. And we're talking about you cannot pass on what you're not willing to let go of. you got to be willing, Right? Famous song, let it go, let it go, don't hold it back anymore. Could probably quote that because when our kids were young, that's when the movie came out, and you just watch it over and over again. So what happens? Then that song is in your head, and you're like, I don't wanna I don't wanna give. And the Lord's like, Let it go, let it go. You cannot pass on what you're not willing to let go of. Okay, Luke chapter 12, did you find it? Verse 16. We're going to read together, and it says this, Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. Okay? So that's okay, right? That's good. That's good to have a plentiful harvest, that that, uh, a lot of crop comes up. But I want you to notice over the next five verses or so, I want you to notice the condition of the rich man's heart. And I want you to notice the wording that's used, okay? So it says this, starting in verse 17, And he fought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no more room to store my crops? So he said, I'll do, I will do this, I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you're good to go. You got everything you need. Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry." Right? Did you notice all throughout there? I, I, mine, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And he was rich, so he already had a lot. And his land was plentiful. So it wasn't the things, it was the condition of the heart. It was the heart that was not ready to let go. In verse 20, it goes on to say, But God said to him, fool This night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Okay? So what do we have to do? We have to be rich toward God and not just toward ourselves. Okay? Uh, And again, it's about being a conduit of goodness. If we're not willing to let go of, we can't pass it on. And it's this, we have to be available to allow God's goodness to not only come to us, to me, to you, but to flow through you to other people. Otherwise, we're going to end up and we'd be just like this person here that says, ah, look at all the things I have. I've got all the shoes I want. I've got plenty of vehicles. I've got the money. I've, I enjoy this. I enjoy that. And you go, well, that's great. And what happens if you pass away tonight? what happens where does that money go we should be in that and it's and i'm not saying that the lord doesn't want to bless us that he doesn't want to take care of us that he doesn't want to richly increase that's not what it's saying it's all about the condition of our heart if we're not willing we can't pass it on and if we can't pass it on if we're not willing god won't do it through us he'll use somebody else he'll find somebody else that goes i like that heart they're generous They refresh other people, and I'm going to refresh them. And that's what the Lord wants to do for us. He wants us to be available. He wants us to be that conduit that says, okay, God, I'm open. I'm open. Give what you have, and I'm going to pass it on to other people. Well, what can you pass on? Whatever you got. Well, what if I don't have? Then don't pass on because you don't have it. What do you have? Take what's in your hand and be a blessing to somebody else. Take what the Lord has given you. Now, as we continue to think about this, that you cannot pass on what you're not willing to let go of, uh, we're going to continue in Luke chapter 12 and and verses 22 through 34 because Jesus helps to set our hearts right. He outlines where our hearts should be and what we should be doing. And so in Luke chapter 12, verse 22, it says this, Then he said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, and so we pass it on. Therefore we say to us today, Do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your life. Why? What you will eat, nor about the body, what you'll put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing, right? That's what he's saying. That's what Jesus is trying to say. I got you. Well, Lord, you've given me something, but I don't know. Can I pass it on? Pass it on. I have more for you. Well, Lord, but what happens? What happens if you don't come through? Trust me, I've got more. There's never an end to my supply. I've got you. The kingdom has got everything you need. So he goes on to say, consider the ravens, right, birds, for they neither sow nor reap. You don't see them go down to the ground and go use their beak and like drag a line and go, okay, now I'm going to plant some seed in here and then I'm going to knock my furrows over again, and you don't see the ravens come and walk, right? That's what he's saying. He's like, don't you get it? Like, it's so silly to us when you put it into a situation where you go, well, yeah, of course they don't do that. But they still eat. They're taken care of. And so he's trying to help us understand. For they neither sow nor reap, which have neither, they don't even have a storehouse, they don't have a barn, and God feeds them. How much more value are you than the birds? He values you. You know that? If you don't, you should get convinced of it right now. He values you. He finds value in you. He loves you. He's so excited about who you are, what he's made you to be, what you've gone through, what you've learned, how you've grown, what's inside of you to give away to other people. He's ecstatic about you. But he goes on to say, and which of you by wearing can add one cubit of his stature? I was, that scripture speaks to me. Why? Because I'm short. I'm short. It's okay. My sons are taller than me, and I praise the Lord. People don't, I'm serious. I'm telling you, when we began praying about kids, I said, Lord, let my kids be taller than me. I'm serious. You, got, you laugh, I'm serious. Like I prayed for this for years. And then people go, your kids are taller than you. And I go, Yeah, it's an answer to prayer. <laughs> Why? Because I'm short and I never wanted to be. I tell people also that in heaven I'm gonna be taller. <laughs> right? I'm gonna be taller. People say that, right? Some things are like, hey, when I get to heaven, I'm gonna have a full head of hair. If you don't have hair and you really wanted hair, if you wanted if you wanted straight hair and not a poof, then you pray, Lord, and In heaven, I'm going to have long flowing hair. (laughs) Not really, because I can't stand long hair. That's okay. Anyways, we're back to, we're focused. We're focused. Here we go, right? We're focused. But so I shouldn't worry because I'm not going to get any taller. I wish I would, because if I worried, I would already be taller. I can tell you that his word is true. If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? So if God's like, hey, if you can't even take care of those things, why are you even worried about all the rest of this? I got you. Consider the lilies, or right? Again, he gives another example. How they grow, they neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you, even Solomon, right? Solomon in the Old Testament, it says he was the greatest king ever, that there was that gold... Gold and silver, they were as common as stones. That's how rich they were. They had everything they wanted and then more. <laughs> not in just then some, but and more. But it says this, And even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, right? It sounds like a song that we sing. How much more, right? It rings through my head all the time. O you of little faith, and and do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind, right? Be anxious for nothing, Paul said, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts, your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious. Well, what's going to happen? Is it going to come through? Am I going to have enough? I've been there. I, I, I struggle with it at times, too, where I just go, Lord, I don't have enough. And the Lord goes, let it go, let it go. <laughs> I've got you. I'll take care of you. For all, and in verse 30 it says this, for all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. He already knows you need them. It's, he's not a cheapskate. He's not like, well, you can do without. He knows you need it. He knows that it will enrich your life, that you'll enjoy it. He wants to do it for you. But seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. In the Old Testament, in the, in the book of Psalms, in, in Psalm 37, it says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Sometimes, or maybe many times, we go after what we're seeking, what we want, what we're looking for, And we put that first, and the Lord says, no, come after me, and I'll take care of it. Come after me, and I'll take care of it. Again, it's going back to the you cannot pass where you're not willing to let go of. You have to receive from him, and then you got to go, don't worry about it. Because he goes on in verse 32, and, and Jesus is saying this, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no shadow, of variation, or turning. He wants to pour it out. He wants to give to you, wants to provide for you, but he wants you to be able to pass it on. Because if you hold on it to for yourself, you just become selfish, and the Lord's like, no, you're missing it. I want you to be a blessing to other people. He goes on to say, sell what you have. Sell what you have and give alms provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old a treasure in the heavens that does not fail where no thief approaches nor moth destroys for where your treasure is there your heart will be also see we get to the the point of the issue is this it's this where's your treasure where's your heart do you trust God? that you, Do you believe that he'll take care of you? Or are you so worried about what you're lacking that then you become stingy? He wants to take care of you. And this is his word for you today. I've got you. I'll clothe you. I'll feed you. I'll provide for you. If you're worried about it, don't have an anxious mind. Let it go. Trust me. Let my peace cover you. So as we're talking about that you cannot pass on what you're not willing to let go of, again, we have to understand that we need to open ourselves and allow God's goodness to flow through us. We have to be a conduit. We have to not only receive, house his goodness, but let it flow through us. Let it flow through us. We must trust the Lord and that the goodness of God will not run out. Trust the Lord that his goodness will not run out. Well, do you have enough, God, right? Have you ever been with any, anybody or in any situation where you're like, are we going to have enough? And you're like, I don't know. Right? People come over and they're hungry and you go, do we have enough? You might have teenagers in your household and you know what I'm talking about. I'm like, serious? You just ate like a full meal. I'm hungry. Gosh. Do we have enough, right? That's me asking, gosh, do we even have enough to feed these ravenous wolves? We should send them to somewhere else. Send them off to family or somebody. Let, Let them take care of it. But let's ask this question today. I have a question for you. Do you trust him and that his goodness will not run empty on you? Do you trust him and that his goodness will not run empty on you. Do you trust him? It's a trust issue. It's a trust issue. Do I trust God? Do I have faith? Do I know who he is? Do I believe what he says he is? Do I believe his word, that he will do it? Do you trust him and that his goodness will not run empty on you? In Matthew chapter 10, uh, there's... Uh, Point where Jesus is talking, and he says this, and as you go preach, saying, He's talking to his disciples, he's sending them out before he makes his way to the different village or the city, the place where he's going. He sends some of his disciples ahead of him, and he says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 and 8, And as you go preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. And he says this, Freely you have received, freely give. Would you say that with me today? Freely you have received, freely give. Again, let's say it. Freely you have received, freely give. Because God wants to provide. He wants to pour out his goodness on you. He wants to lavish you with his love and all that he has. You know, Sometimes it's difficult for us, and why do we have to ask this trust question? Lord, do I trust you that not only that you'll do it, but that you won't run out? Because sometimes in the past, we've come to situations. Maybe you've been in a situation where you've been hurt, and you have a hard time trusting. Maybe somebody disappointed you. Maybe somebody scarred you. Maybe somebody took from you, and because of that, you can't trust. And God is saying today, trust me. I've got you. I want to provide for you. I want to take care of you. I want to pour out my goodness upon you, but I want you to be a conduit. Why? So that other people can see the overflow, that other people can experience my goodness through you. Because ultimately it comes to God works through people. He works through you. He works through me. He works through us. He uses people to pour out his love, to be his hands and feet as we often say. He's not here, but we represent, we're God's ambassador. That means you don't represent you, you represent him. That means that you bring his goodness, his love, his light to where you live, to where you work, to your family unit, to wherever you find yourself. And again, you have to give what you've received. You cannot give what you've not received. And you can't pass on what you're not willing to let go of. You have to have a heart that's open that says, okay, God, okay, I'm open to you. And so just in summary today, these couple points, number one, you cannot give what you've not received. And the question, will you receive what he has for you? Will you receive what he has for you? It's really a question that you have to ask yourself. Okay, God, will I receive it? will I receive it a heart that's open cuz what his word says that it's available that it's ready but so many times he's like i wanted to give it but my people wouldn't receive it and god is not going to force himself on you that's why he's given us a free will he's given us a free tr- he wants to have us receive it he wants us to choose it he wants us to say yes to what he's given. So will you receive what he has for you? And number two, you cannot pass on what you're not willing to let go of. If you're not willing to let go of, right, that story of the of the, the rich man that has the plentiful and he's like, what happened? He didn't want to pass it on. He didn't want to be a conduit. He didn't want to have overflow. Why? He's like, oh, I'm to the brim, and instead of letting it overflow to other people, he was like, I gotta build bigger because I gotta hold it all for me. I gotta hold on to it. I gotta keep it for me. And and, and the question, do you trust him and then his goodness will not run empty on you? Do you trust him and then his goodness will not run empty on you? So let's do this today. We've got just a little bit of time. I want you to, let's, we're gonna focus our attention, maybe close our eyes, and I want you to play through these questions in your mind for you today, not for anybody else, because I believe the Lord wants to pour out his goodness on us and on you, and that he wants to do something in you and through you, but it takes a heart that says, okay, God, I'll receive what you have for me. And it also takes a heart that says, I'm available. I want to be used by you, God. I'm I want to be a conduit Uh, I want to be what you use to pour out your goodness and your love to other people so let's take some time this morning and just say God I want to be open to you but in, in your own way just use your own words and you can just speak quietly to the Lord yourself or and just say Lord I want to be open to you I want to be open to your great goodness that it's grand that it's rewarding that's succeeding that it's available but it's also transferable you you want to work in me and through me to pour out your goodness to other people lord we recognize today that you're not asking us to give what we don't have but you're simply asking us to be open to be available to not be like that rich man that said "Ah, I can't be an overflow I gotta build bigger I gotta keep, I gotta hold on to what I have no, you're telling us today don't be anxious don't worry I've got you let his voice just ring out in your heart today, I've got you I'm gonna take care of you I'm gonna lead you through this time I'm gonna lead you through this situation gotta look to me I'm going to show you the way to go. I'm going to show you what you should do. I'm going to tell you what to do. The Lord's goodness is available. It's ready access. It's here for you today. But again, we have to ask ourselves, will I receive what he asked for me? Sometimes, again, from past experiences, we're not willing to receive because we've closed our heart up. We've closed up our life but an open heart that says, okay God, I'll receive what you have for me. I'll take what you have. Not only that, but that I trust you enough to be open, to be a conduit, to let your goodness flow through me, to be an ambassador of goodness, to be the goodness, be the goodness to people around me, to love when people are unlovable, to stretch out and care when they seem grouchy and they just, "Ah, I don't want to deal with it. No, Lord, you're calling us to be hands and feet to people. You're calling us to be open and available when we see things, when we notice things, to say, okay, God, what can I do? What can I play? What's my part? How can I be the goodness to other people? And so, Lord, today our hearts are open. Would you open your heart with me today? And we just say, Lord, our hearts are open to you. We don't want to be stingy. We don't want to be closed off. We want to be not only a receiver of your goodness, but we want to be a conduit of your goodness, God. We want to be the goodness to people. So, Lord, we open our hearts to you. And we say, Lord, expose any selfishness in our hearts, any cracks or crevices deep down that nobody else knows about but I know about and you know about God or or, or you might tell him that today, Lord, I I know that I have this place in me that's still selfish. Open your heart to him today and say, Lord, I open to you and I want to be used by you. I want to allow you to work in me and through me.